0: The warmest of greetings to you and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching. This is the podcast to help you enthrall your learners in every subject under the sun using the best teaching method known to science, storytelling. Storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen for your children to become amazing and successful human beings. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me today is... Hi, I'm
1: Rob. I teach a Key Stage 2 class just outside Milton Keynes, and I've worked throughout all the Key Stages.
2: Hi, I'm Helen. I also teach just outside Milton Keynes, and I'm currently teaching reception in Year 1.
0: And we're very pleased to have you, our listener, with us in our virtual school staff room as we explore personal social health and emotional education with a witty folktale found all around the world adapted by us to be set in medieval england so for all the fun and effectiveness of story-led learning let's don our finest hats sprinkle some fairy dust and hang tight to our magic carpet as we dive into this week's story Sir Fulladred wants to be strong, clever and brave, but he's truly weak, silly and fearful. Fortunately, he learns from Sir Lancelot that all he needs to do to become strong, clever and brave is eat a dragon's heart. And after a little research, Sir Fulladred finds the home of the world's smallest dragon, the U Dragon. Sir Fulladred climbed to the tree and caught the ewe dragon in his net. The ewe dragon woke with a gasp of surprise. What's happening? it said. Sir Fulladred laughed, trying to sound like Sir Lancelot. He said, I've caught you, and now I'm going to eat your heart. Then I won't be weak, silly, or fearful anymore. I'll be strong, clever, and brave. The ewe dragon looked sad. You're really weak, silly, and fearful. Sir Fulladred nodded. That's right, but not for much longer. Soon I'll be strong, clever, and brave. The U dragon shook its head. Oh, I'm so sorry. I really want to help you. You look so friendly. I would be very happy to let you eat my heart so you can become strong, clever and brave, but
2: there's a problem.
0: Sir Fulladred frowned. What's that? The ewe dragon said,
2: I'm afraid I
0: don't have my heart with me today. I left my heart at home. This made Sir Fulladred cross. He wanted to be strong, clever and brave and he wanted to be strong, clever, and brave now. So he said, Tell me quickly, where is your home? And if you and your young learners want to find out if Fuller Dread makes it to the U dragon's home and devours its heart, you can download our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for The Dragon's Heart. There you'll find a video of me telling the story that you can share with your children. And if you sign up as an epic educator, you'll also get a copy as an ebook or paperback illustrated by the magnificent Mario Coelho, as well as the full audiobook for you to download at any time. There are even some tips for telling the story yourself and a whole heap of resources to go with the lesson ideas we're about to discuss, including any extra lesson ideas that we don't have time to fit into this podcast. Right now though, let's begin our discussion with Helen and Rob here by asking, folks, tell me quickly,
1: did you like this story? I was nuts for it. I thought it was. Yeah, I thought it was really good. I liked the way that the story not unravelled, but went on, and you thought you knew what was going to happen, and then there was a twist at the end. So yeah, I really enjoyed that.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I agree. I love this story. I like any story really that's got dragons and knights and things in, but particularly this one. I think um, I really like the characters in it. The fact that Sir Ful of Dread wasn't the most admirable of characters main characters mainly <laughs> even mm. even at the you know at the end when you think it's all coming good he's still going to he still wants to eat the dragon's heart
0: <laughs> oh what when when he's got to the tree you mean
2: yes when he's got to okay, the tree yeah. um, at that mm. part he still i think i like the development of that character and the way the little dragon helps him out
0: mm. But I, I suppose we have to give him some due for the fact that he is a knight, and that's where a lot of his, a lot of the pressure uh, on him comes. Right at the start, isn't it? He's trying to conform at the yeah. very beginning, um, and that's that's what's really driving him. He's trying to be the sort of knight you would expect to see in a folk tale, and it's only about halfway through that you realise you don't really want him to be that. <laughs> you want him to be something else, yeah. please, thank you.
2: Yeah, and that's. A- that's another aspect that I really liked about the story mm. that you could see. There's a lot of um, things to explore in the story about who are your role models? Who, who are you choosing to be friends with? Who are you choosing to spend time with? Um, mm. And it might not always be the most obvious people that you should actually be learning from in fact in this case it's a dragon so
0: oh, yeah so so is that the pshc that you you found for us for for ages four to seven?
2: Oh yes it ha- as it happens yes it is
0: <laughs> <laughs> what a beautiful segue <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> so uh, actually yes on, on my little planning sheet i've got an activity that's kind of entitled choose your friends carefully um ah. i thought you could have images or representations of of the characters in this story the dragon sir fuller um sir lancelot and just talk to the children about each of those characters to start with mm. and why perhaps sir fuller dread wants to spend time with sir lancelot why he wants to be like sir lancelot why he looks up to sir lancelot because there are there are he does have reasons for wanting to mm. be like sir lancelot but then look at the the other characteristics that sir lancelot has that maybe we might not want to to have much to do with we might not want to emulate in our own lives it'd be good to look at when that changes in the story when he realizes that actually there are better ways to be
0: yeah i mean it's interesting obviously we've got a folktale here which is um very much whole school friendly so um the the characterization of sir lancelot is is very similar to what you might say of say gaston in disney's beauty and the beast i'd say uh, is this something that you picked up for ages 7 to 11 rob
1: Yeah, I kind of, the activity that I thought of was, I was going to call it, let the right one in.
0: Ah, Um, So
1: thinking about your friendship groups and why you Mm. should want to be friends with them. So kind of exploring the characteristics of the characters we've got in the story and how they behave uh, and like that. So just to really get the children thinking about almost like the choices that they make in their friendship
0: Mm. I mean, uh, the reason I, I came to you on this topic is because the real character of Sir Lancelot that you find in the sort of King Arthur saga, again, he sort of epitomizes what we all expect a knight should be. He's the heroic one who's going off to save all of the damsels and kill all of the bad guys but he is also the one who starts a love affair with King yeah. Arthur's wife. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh. He has some <laughs> major flaws in his character, exactly. <laughs> not, not something you would want to really encourage your children to, to follow in. Uh, so I I wondered whether with older children, perhaps, you, you might actually start to explore some of um, the other portrayals of Lancelot and, and bring some of the other uh, conversations surrounding uh, uh, yeah. who...
1: Yeah, I think you probably would with their older children, like the upper end of Key Stage 2, say you're 11-year-olds, 10, 11-year-olds.
0: Mm.
1: You might do it with slightly younger children, but you'd have to water it down. And again, obviously, it depends on the makeup of your class and what yeah. kind of, not what kind of children, but where your children have come from and what they've been through. Yeah. And mm. As we've said quite often, it's you've got to gauge the activity based on your class. You know them better than we do. Yes, yeah, absolutely.
2: I think um, an aspect of of everything we've been talking about that's quite interesting is why in the story, Sir Fuller Dredd does look up to Sir Lancelot and link yeah. that to actually why we do look up to other people, even though they might not be the kindest, friendliest people, why we still look up to them and mm. and actually how to recognize if maybe they're not not genuine people behind that. I don't know if that makes sense. There's a bit in the story yeah. where Sir Lancelot laughs, but not in a not in a nice way. And, yeah. and I think it's something to help the children to recognise. I thought I picked up on that line, so I thought it'd be interesting to talk to the younger children, or the older children as well. Like, What's that mean? Not in a nice way. Why would someone laugh not in a nice way? Just to help them have some more awareness of maybe when people aren't being necessarily genuine.
0: Mm. So this would be a a very much discussion-based activity.
2: Yeah,
1: definitely. Well, I would, that's the way I would do
2: it. Yeah, lots of discussion, but also role play, I think is, I'm thinking of younger children sort of setting up scenarios with Uh role play going on with people saying different things. Like it would probably be the adults saying things in different ways, laughing, not in a nice way, acting Mm -hmm. in certain ways and getting children to decide As you, do they want to spend time with this person? Do they not? Yeah, I think I'd approach it that way.
0: And I think if, if you are going to be looking at this with role play, then that also gives children a chance to practice doing things nicely. Yes. Um, so that if they are one of those children who just happens to have a habit of laughing, not in a nice way, yeah. um, and they start to find following this activity that um, fewer people want to be around them, it gives them a chance in in a sort of safe space to practice their laughter in a nice way or
2: yeah. saying, <laughs> uh, other sorry, attributes. Saying sorry in a, in a nice, genuine way, you know, this kind yeah, of yeah, thing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
0: exactly. Something that we often mention when we're training teachers on using stories for PSHE is how you can sort of refer back to the story later. If you, if you find yourself in a, a one-to-one or, or a one-to-two moment with children following a, an argument in the playground or something like that, you can ask them, you can refer to the story and ask them, who do you think you were being there? Were you being mm. Sir Philodred, Sir Lancelot, or the Ewe Dragon? And it gives them something that they can sort of pin their behavior onto in a sort of way that both distances so that um, they don't necessarily see that this is all on them. This is something that has been observed in in other human beings and other characters throughout history. So there's that nice bit of distancing that allows them to really think about the action apart from the personal action that they've taken. Um, But it also then allows them to to come back to their own personal action, um, relate that to who they would actually rather be and just pick the right actions that they've got going forward.
2: I really like that idea. And as you were talking, I've got in my head an image of like on the classroom wall, having a having an image of Sir Fuller Dredd, Sir Lancelot and the dragon. With the kind of, Who are you going to be today? So that the children have got a very visual representation of that and come up with some yeah. of those descriptions that they might have come up with in the PSHE lessons for each character and then have that to refer to, to encourage certain behaviours.
0: Mm. Do you have any other PSHE for ages four to seven?
2: I do. It's slightly linked, but slightly different. I've called it the power of kind words. So there's clearly in this story, there's kindness and there's unkindness. And I was struck at how when the dragon towards the end decided to be kind, I mean, it's more his actions, but it was also the words he said to others. You know, basically he used his words and his actions to make Sir Fuller Dread's life better. He Mm. had a choice to make. And then he felt sorry for Sir and he chose to use his actions and his words to make his life better. And I often yeah. I often talk to the children in my class about the effect that kindness has on other people and how it can actually change them as well as you. And I yeah. thought this was a really nice illustration of that, how actually the dragon choosing to be kind, essentially,
1: <laughs> mm.
2: um, made Sir Fuller Dread's life better.
0: Arguably, it made everyone's life better because yes. it also got the demagogue dragon to, to disappear and, and leave the forest alone. <laughs> so think how many <laughs> lives he's saved by that small act.
1: We, uh, we quite often have an assembly each week that's led by the children. And quite mm. often they want to talk about different acts of kindness that they've spotted. Um, ah. Like the ones that have had an impact on not just one person, but greater number of people yeah yeah. Um, and you can tell when they're picking up the person who's who's shown the kindness because it's like spotting kindness in other people you can see that it means something to that person but also the other people who were affected by the kindness as well
0: yeah absolutely
2: and just sort of along those lines um i think i've talked about this before the um actually getting children to practice saying kind things to each other, hmm. getting them to practice, giving each other compliments, getting them to practice, complimenting each other's work. That's something I've been trying to get the children to do recently, is hmm. to to sort of look at each other's work and say, oh, I really like that. I really like the way you've done that. Or that's a really good word you've used in your writing. And as Rob was saying, the, um, the effect on those children that have received the compliment, but also if I'm there and I overhear and I say to the first child, you really made your friend's day by saying that. What a lovely thing to say. It makes them glow as well. So yeah, so all about the so spreading the kindness and the compliments.
0: <laughs> and this is the perfect story to get that started. As we move up the school, though, towards ages 7 to 11, did you find anything else here for that range, Rob?
1: Yeah, I picked up a couple of things, and one of them is linked to the same part of the story, when the dragon goes, ooh, maybe I shouldn't have hmm. been quite so unkind. And as Helen was saying talking about the dragon used its actions to reverse that I was thinking with the older children you could look at even if you do make the wrong choice or you say the wrong thing or you do the wrong thing Hmm. you can like kind of counteract it by doing the right thing using to make a a better choice say I would use that part of the story to um emphasize that use that as a role model and then I might even I would set scenarios with my classes not my glasses but my classes (laughs) you would probably need both well yeah probably yeah Um, just to get them to talk through and model how that could look and then say okay like everyone makes mistakes Mm. if you do how can you solve that without having to ask an adult to come and intervene how can you become more resilient how can you solve these problems by yourself without having to rely on uh, yeah. other people to solve that problem for you so yeah. I thought that although
0: was I'm, I'm interested by the fact that you are um sort of describing the you dragon's earlier treatment of sir philodred as a mistake because let, let's not forget he does that in order to <laughs> escape alive because well, the alternative true, would yeah. be for philodred to eat his <laughs> yeah, heart
1: <laughs> yeah i mean still i mean yeah all the way through the forest that's fine but then to get to, the, <laughs> get to the tree and fly up and go, no, nah, you can't have my heart. It was inside <laughs> me all the
2: time. How it's silly was no no, 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 no,
0: no that yeah. you he, think he's yeah. apologetic for. He, he God, was yeah.
2: slightly, I mean, obviously he was saving his own, heart, his own skin, his own heart. Um but he was taking advantage of poor Sir Philodred the whole way through, wasn't he? He picked up on the fact that Sir Philodred was not the smartest of hmm. knights. <laughs> but he And he... used
0: it for a free ride home.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I picked up one
1: other character trait of Sir Philodred right at the end, which I would yeah. discuss with the children as well. Because when he gets back to the castle and everyone's going, Oh wow, you killed two demagogues. <laughs> he doesn't say no. No. Nope. Just right with it. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> true, How true. Is, well, is honesty always important would be my question. Mm.
2: That, uh, yeah, that's a really good discussion isn't it because all the Fuller uh, dredge new new reputation is yeah. actually based on a lie. A complete, yeah complete mistruth <laughs> so that'd be a really interesting discussion to have is it is it okay because it definitely improved Sir Fuller life and it made a lot of things mm. a lot better so that would be a really interesting discussion
0: and I love that you picked up on that because of course that that is something that you don't usually find in the version of this folk tale that is all around the world I mean most of the versions of this tale involve something like a, a, a monkey and a crocodile and, and the monkey gets a lift from the crocodile and manages to and protect its heart through very similar means. Um, but there's nothing in those stories, which is like the follow up. Um, we put that follow up in this story, um, just because it seemed to, it seemed to, like you say, it meant that at the end, you were both rooting for Sir Fuladred and the U-Dragon. Yeah. But you're right, it does raised that interesting dilemma about, you know, is is Full of dread right to have rolled with it and recognize so quickly that this was probably the U Dragon trying to help him. Um I think that's why I always add another little coda, which is what he does with this situation. You know, he yeah, doesn't just yeah, go back yeah. and start saying, Oh look at me, I'm the greatest. He says, Okay, well I've got this money now. I better get some sword fighting lessons. I better get some proper teaching. I better help my friends who are actually good at heart to yeah, um, yeah, be yeah. as good on the outside. And yeah, yeah, so he he tries to make wise decisions to offset the fact that he <laughs> accepts a lie. I <laughs> be, is, it, is that fair?
2: I, I, yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, I think so. This is why, one of the why, why I like the character of Sir dred so much because actually there's quite a lot to him, and there's mm. quite a lot to the choices he makes, the good and bad choices he makes, the way he changes over the course of the story. Um, I think there's yeah. a lot to discuss, a lot to get out of that, just that character. Fab.
0: That's sadly all we have time for in this episode, folks. If you'd like to talk to us about anything you've heard in this podcast, or if there's a subject you're soon to teach that you'd like us to cover, you can find us on social media using at Happily, or leave us a review using your favourite podcast app. Please also share this podcast with your colleagues and help us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world so children everywhere can learn in a way that's effective, memorable and enjoyable all at the same time. Tomorrow, Sir Philodred and the U-Dragon will help us teach English. But right now, it only remains for us to say cheerio and we hope to hear your story soon. So, cheerio Cheerio. and And we hope hope to to hear your story soon.